stats, but they're super simple. It's I got one. You did? Yeah. So, well, which color? Black. Wait, with with, with how? The what's G. The color? Yeah, what color? Black. The the hat's black and the yes. G's black. Well, it's white. The hat's white. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> what 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 is the color of the hat? Black. And the and then it's white. The logo. Yes. Okay, that's wonderful. Okay, because there's multiple ones. There's blue. There's there's orange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey guys, uh, welcome to the Big Blue United podcast. My name is TJ. I'm here with Dan and Colin. What's up, guys? How's it going tonight? Oh, I, I like uh, I like you really getting strong with the names because it was a little difficult last week. I've been having a so lot of problems talking recently. It's been rough. It's been really rough. A hell of a time. I'm doing good. You know, I'm a hat guy now, so we were discussing hats before we started the pod. So if anyone has any hat questions, we'd be glad to opine on them. Send us your hats. I also wear That's hats cool. quite often. Why not? It's sort of a signature look for you. I'm new to the hat game. Yeah, I don't know. Sure. I don't know how I ended up this way, but now it's just a thing where if I don't wear a hat, someone goes, why aren't you wearing a hat? And then I have to have a conversation about why I'm not wearing a hat. So I just keep wearing it anyway, because it's worth wearing the hat to not have that conversation. So I think you should incorporate different hats in, like get a top hat, mm. you know, get a fedora. I think these are things, these are like next step things. Oh, like one of those like Rasta hats? Oh, yeah. I like how they just accept the fedora because I have been with women in my life. And, and I don't think that a man who wears a fedora <laughs> has, has accomplished that sort of thing. Have you ever heard of Prince? Does Prince wear a fedora? Oh, he wore a fedora. Maybe look at a Bruce Arians Kangol hat. That's the look. That's, that's the look. You have to... You have to you also have to get a bag of boomers, though. Also, oh well, you know, in my in my in my younger days, that was not an issue. <laughs> Booming with Bruce. Booming with Bruce. That's a whole. We should. When he retires, I'm reaching out to him. That's a that's a name. We're gonna start that. Well, no, pod. no, that, that's when we. Yeah, that's when we do a podcast specifically on former coaches of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Perfect. <laughs> Is John Gruden gonna be on there or Tony Dungy? Yeah, I like Tony Dungy calling calling the game this weekend too. Like, even though yeah. the game was terrible, I, I, I just like Tony Dungy a lot. He seems like a really nice guy. Yeah, like I, he's like That's I want him to babysit my daughter. Like he probably <laughs> he probably just, like speak very softly to her, say nice things, you know. Yeah, he, he's got a soft touch. He does like, it. Yeah, like, like r- run the draw on third down. <laughs> <laughs> hey Peyton, you just decide what we're gonna run, okay? Just go for it, buddy. Good job. <laughs> It worked out. It, it did. It definitely did. Uh, so, Dan, uh, what, what are we hearing from Gettleman this week? Actually, uh, with some, some breaking news. Um, due to the overwhelming ratio of disputed tweets put out by Gettleman's burner account, Twitter has suspended Gettleman's Twitter account. So there's radio silence. Uh, it's distressing for all his followers. Uh, you know, we don't know up from down, right from left. Um, but I can assure you I'll be on top of this with any breaking Gettleman news. Let you know when he is uh, released. You know, hashtag free Getty. Um, <laughs> the mainstream media is oppressing him, and, and we got to let his voice out. You know what I think the problem is? Is that we're not far- following his parlor account. Yeah, yeah. That's the he one does we have need a huge follow. parlor following. He's probably got oh, boy. Yeah. millions and millions of followers on parlor, I'm sure. He's the number one GM on parlor, that's for sure. <laughs> GM on parlor. Good for him. Hopefully not for long. And I don't mean because someone else is going to get more followers than he does. <laughs> um, 
I just want to remind you guys, please follow Big Blue United on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Also, this uh, Pro Bowl voting is open. So I went, did my due diligence and, and the proper thing and voted for every giant I possibly could. But specifically, we have to talk about Leonard Williams, Dalvin, Bradbury, Martinez, look at Ryan Peppers, Gano, and, of course, my boy Wayne Gallman. Please vote for them. They, those are the guys who really deserve it. But throw, throw a vote out there to everybody. Glaring omission, TJ. Well, who did I miss? Who did I miss? Riley Dixon? Oh my god! Talking about? Oh, wow, I'm terrible. You're right. You're right. Hey, not not to mention, you know. Well, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, but I think Colt McCoy might be uh, getting on that list of. Oh boy, you know, a lot of Colt, a lot of Colt McCoy action this weekend. Loved it. I know Dan loved it. Sure did. Speaking of which, so uh, Giants won the third game in a row. We're now first place in the NFC East, 1917 against the Bengals. Um, in my opinion, the Giants really kind of outplayed the Bengals, embracing every facet of this game. I think what they had almost 400 yards versus the Bengals 150, 37 minutes times possession versus 22. Uh, the score was a lot closer than you know those numbers indicate. I think you know that special teams touchdown obviously was a big factor. They got three points off the Evan Ingram turnover. Um, so you know, Colin, what's your thought on this game around? What do you like? What you didn't like? What do you think? Well. Uh, what I liked a lot, and I mean, not to go back to Gallman again, but like he was, he was the the engine that kind of made the whole game work. I mean, he's tough as nails. I really enjoy watching him play, and I I kept thinking in the last couple of weeks that it was going to eventually be an aberration, but it's not. I mean, he's. Uh, I think it's a combination of him just, you know, just going for it. Not to mention the fact that the the line is actually figuring things out for him. And I'm surprised every single time it happens. But he, I think he had one play that was a negative running play. And then the rest of it, he was falling forward. There were plays where the announcers, it was Chris Spielman again, and and, I always forget that other guy. Um, They were talking about how he was falling forward. And then he would do it again. And then he would do it again. And I'm just like, I I don't know. We we haven't seen this kind of thing since, I, I guess... Brandon Jacobs, I guess, at his prime. Yeah, and he's tough I, as nails, man. He's he's running super hard. This is actually a, a, a career day for Wayne Gallman. Almost hit 100 yards. Yeah, it was 94, was it? 94, yeah. Yeah, one touchdown. Uh, that was my favorite part. But, I mean, the defense really came through again. Um, a highlight for me is uh, obviously Nico Lalos. Uh, I've already put my order in for his jersey. I know it <laughs> might be a little ahead of myself, too. But that interception was incredible. Not to mention he got the shout-out from LeBron James because they went to the same high school. Oh, yeah, uh, that must have been fun of... for him when he got finished with yeah. the game and got on social media. <laughs> yeah, it was like a, an hour before the game starts. And then he goes on his second snap and he intercepts the ball. And he, it was just... I. I don't know. I have have a question for you guys. What do you think of the whole, like the new age celebration of the defense all running to the camera and all like looking at it at the same time and making it a group celebration? What do you feel about that? It's very like of the age and social media where you're getting that photo of everybody together. I mean, I I hated when the NFL banned group celebration, so I'm glad they brought it back. I mean, it's a a fun sort of way for everyone to celebrate together. I, I like it. I mean, I have no problems. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind it. I was wondering, though, it seems like every team is doing the exact same thing, sort of just like running up to that camera in the corner of the end zone and doing like the arms folded, you know, you know, we, we the best kind of look, um, which is fine. But it, it's also 
you know, lacking creativity. I'd like to see them take advantage of like the camera, maybe like have someone walk onto this, onto the, the, this, the view of the screen, have a little story going, like act something out, maybe have stages, maybe the first touchdown, we start at the beginning of the story, second touchdown, we have like a middle and, and like if they score three touchdowns, we can get a full story and, and tell, wow. you know, teach us something. Um, I feel like Ocho Cinco would have done something there. Like, like more creative players would have taken advantage of this forum. Um, so hopefully, you know, there's, there's improvement and, and, and progression there. Um, yeah, I have some thoughts on the game. I think you're right about Gallman. I think, I think Gallman is a good all around running back. I don't think he's exceptional at, at anything, but I think he can do everything. And he's sort of a perfect running back that encapsulates, um, run, running back value to me. Um, he, there's a lot of guys that have similar metrics and abilities to him, but when you're in a system and you're playing smart and you're given uh, some blocking, you can do great things and you can, you know, put up a hundred yards a game and score a touchdown. And, and that's all you could ask for from your running back. So I love seeing Gallman and I do get those Brandon Jacobs, Ahmad Bradshaw, Davis vibes just from seeing someone run really hard. Um, yeah. You know, not saying that like Saquon could, doesn't do that stuff or couldn't do that stuff, but you know, he's Saquon sometimes is trying to create amazing stuff in the field and spin and juke, whereas, you know, Gallman will get like one leg grabbed and, and shake it off and then run into another guy and spin off that. And, and it's something that just gets like you as a football fan, as a giant fan, it gets you pumped up and you want to see more and see what happens in the next play. Um, so I love what Gallman's doing. A, l- a ludicrous, sorry uh, to cut in, but a ludicrous stat that Spielman said about Gallman is a majority of his yardage come 70% of the yardage comes from after the first attempted tackle. Totally which believe is, that. Totally believe that. Which is, I also like, don't think it's probably that much yardage. Um, I mean, he's averaging 3.9 yards a carry. I mean, it's not great, but they were all yeah. hard, hard fought yards. I think was, was what the thing was about why yeah. we are, are preaching in his performance from the, this game. Nothing but love for Gallman. Um, I think we should talk about the elephant in the room. The, the coming out party for Colt McCoy. Uh, he was six for ten for thirty-one yards, uh, which is nothing to uh, you know to look down on. You know, and it, it, it's deceiving. The stat line, I think, you know, it might be unimpressive, but I think none of us, none of you guys, will deny the pure untamed leadership that he showed on the field, coming in in distress against a formidable opponent such as the Bengals. Um, <laughs> with uh, Brandon Allen behind the helm, you can't stare down a team like that um, and, and and be meek. Uh, he was was pure unadulterated leader out there, and um, the team has benefited from him from what you see on the field, and I'm sure what's going on in the locker room and in the prayer circles. But but Dan, the most important question is what was the the design of the post game prayer circle? Was it tight? Was it was it loose? Did he have everybody in line? Was mm-hmm. it? Uh... Oh, that's a great question. I, I mean, I think. <laughs> yeah, you, you guys, these, these are the details that, uh, you know, in this kind of team and this day and age, you got to pay attention to. And that's what I bring to the table as a, a podcast analyst. Um, no, the thing you got to know about Colt McCoy's prayer circles is that they are tight and they are organized, but everyone's invited. Everyone's invited and, and, and welcome in the prayer circle. All you know, inclusive. Yeah, you don't have to say anything. You can speak up. It's it's very welcoming place, and the support is there for you if you need it. You know, after a <laughs> tough game with Brandon Allen staring you down. Um, so I mean, Colt in our corner. There's really nothing we can do, and I'd like to propose a new 
uh, reoccurring section of the podcast called Colts, Colts Corner. Um, it's a play on Coach's Corner, but except this is a Colt McCoy-centric talk. Um, if you don't think it's suitable for our pod, I'm happy to do a spinoff podcast. Um, don't want to cannibalize our <laughs> listeners, but I'm sure people are hungry for more Colt. I have one one question though. It, there might be another name for it. Uh, it might be better. Col- Colts Corner is good, but if it's forty five minutes long, just call it Col- Col- Colt forty five. Ooh, oh, that's, that is that's, tasty. that's a banger. That's a banger. Yeah, but we'll drink Steely Dan before we do it. There you go. And those are still reserves. Uh, what we used to call those in uh, in college for the uninformed out there. This is what I'll do. I'll do forty five Colt McCoy facts every episode from now on. Colt forty. Colt forty five. <laughs> So what, how long is this podcast going to run for? Are you going to have like like two episodes, that's it? Yeah, as long as it takes. Baby. I'd love to see how long it takes you to do research to get 45 <laughs> separate Colt McCoy facts every week. I'm going to have to get like embedded in his like hometown in Texas or wherever and <laughs> talk to his like aunts and uncles. My, my favorite part of, of, of when Colt McCoy came in is when he almost uh, threw that awful pick six and the defender uh, dropped it like right there. Yeah. That, that was yeah. the best play, you know. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he was setting the defense up for something down the line I don't all think i can is, say so. is daniel jones injury i hope is well it's not serious but he has a, an outside shot to play next week and if he doesn't play next week i think it's going to be a real rough outing for the giants and Colt yeah. mccoy against a really good seahawks team but we'll get to that in a minute i think yeah, the yeah. one thing we really need to talk about is how well the old line did this game which is yeah what we kind of been seeing them on the on the up and come up the last couple of weeks i don't know if it's the coaching change or the Bengals are bad, or they're just starting to mesh a little bit together. Um, but I, what, what is this? Thomas and Lemieux didn't give one pressure. Gates didn't give one pressure the whole game. Uh, no sacks on the quarterback the whole game. I mean, that's, like, very impressive for this unit, especially very impressive for Andrew Thomas, I think. So, I mean, Cam, Cam Fleming had probably his well, worst game Yeah, well, year. Cam Fleming needs to, like, stop dumping his pants and committing penalties out there. <laughs> yeah. The guy, the guy has, has become a liability. So, actually, I wanted to ask you guys, like, you know, we, we're, we were all kind of high on Purton seeing him, but he, he wasn't really playing a lot. We didn't see a ton from him. He was up and down a little bit. But, I mean, I think we kind of feel like when, when he comes back from the COVID list uh, that he probably should start performing. That being the case, do you guys see, like, this, like, line rotation kind of coming to an end and and we're seeing some more established starters coming out of this group Colin well I think what this is right now especially with uh oh and they talked about on the broadcast the Guglielmo it was Guglielmo no it's never there's no two g's it's the second g is silent it it was not the same as what you said last episode it wasn't the same but it wasn't googly at all I can promise you that well all right. Well, don't get all googly eyed on me. Whatever. Oh. Um, oh my god. Anyway, I think this is kind of. Uh, I know Columbo was part of the rotation. He probably didn't like it because I, I read that in an article. He hated the rotation aspect of things, so that was a judge thing. But I think that uh, Mr. D, we'll call him. Um, this is his way of seeing what he has, and I think in the next couple of weeks you'll see the rotation happen less. Because I think they're trying, like it's almost like they're they're doing their preseason still to figure out where the consistency is going to be, which is fine, you know. I mean, if it's kind of the same idea as the fact that they're they're doing the uh, defensive line the same way with the rotation. I know it's a completely different story, and that's all for fresh legs and stuff like that. And it's a lot different for offense because you need to have that chemistry. But it's kind of working out the same way. Uh, you got to keep people on your toes. You can't get comfortable and think you have the starting spot, you know, locked down. 
Um, you know, I think I think the rotation strategy is a means to an end. I think they want to find the perfect chemistry between those five guys, and as soon as they get that figured out, like the rotation will and should stop. Um, that being said, I think the upside provided from Cam Fleming uh, is certainly not worth it. I would way rather get um, Peart in there um, as soon as he can and have him working. He's shown enough to show that he has a lot of upside, plus he's young and plus he's cheap, um, to get him working with a young offensive line and, and hopefully solidify that, that side um, and then you know keep the trajectory moving up. Um, I wouldn't want to see a rotation continue unless it's absolutely necessary. I think it was instituted because they were so, 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 so bad for the first <laughs> six games of the season. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think, you know, the defense sort of continued great, its great play. Um, three turnovers, which is awesome. And, like, you know, a couple no-name guys stepping up. I know we mentioned uh, Lalos, Nico Lalos before, nice Greek Greek guy there. And uh, the guy Sherd, who I think was drafted by Pittsburgh pretty early, who kind of did No, no, did, he was um... – he out of Pittsburgh. Jack, out of Pittsburgh. I'm sorry. I'm Pittsburgh. sorry. You're right. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He he clinched the game with a fumble, which is fun to see. I think you know a lot of guys are continuing to play at the level we've seen them. Uh, you know, Jabril Peppers and Logan Ryan specifically are like Jabril Peppers was really going going hard this game, and, and Logan Ryan's a great safety. He's playing super well. Leonard Williams, Dalvin Thompson, all these guys. What 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 I really want to ask you guys is, is is moving forward. You know, it seems like everyone's playing well. There's a few guys on like very favorable deals right now. Keeping this defense together might be hard to do. So if you had to pick between Leonard Williams and Dalvin Tomlinson to, to re-sign in the offseason, who would you pick, Dan? Uh, Dalvin Tomlinson, for sure. Um, I just think he's a Giants draft pick. He's been playing well. He's probably getting cheaper for Leonard um, from what's been established from this franchising of, of him. Um, I just like him better. Uh, I mean, I, I think we were talking about we were talking about in previous episodes how we should have traded Leonard when we could, when the value was high earlier in the season. Um, that ship has sailed. But if you have to choose between both of them, I mean, I think they're going to try to keep both of them because that's sort of the backbone of the defense. But I, I would choose Tomlinson. Well, I was I was just going to say, I, I agree with you. I'd rather Tomlinson too. Um, yeah, I think they will try to keep both. Uh, he's going to ask for way too much money, money Williams. So he, I, I'm already picturing him off the team already. He's going to get signed by someone... And probably crap out somewhere, and I'm I'm not gonna really worry about that because we have a good amount of depth in, uh, at at DT. Um, it's nice to see him play hard and play definitely the best he's ever played in his career. It's just at a, such an awkward time. Uh, the the only thing I can think now is, all right, well we got him now. He's playing hard now. Let's make a push somewhere. Let's get to the playoffs. We oh, have it right sure. in front of us. So I, I don't even care if we, we re-sign him or we don't. We we use him now, and I'm not not even thinking about that. We we're afforded that opportunity. I just feel like the, the draft, draft capital invested, you know, leads me to want to you know move. For, I mean, if you get him for for the deal he has now or a couple more a year, I think you go for it. I love Dalvin too. I mean, that leaves you in a spot where maybe you don't sign someone like Logan Ryan again. But you know, we saw McKinney <sighs> play at five total snaps this weekend. I mean, we don't know what we're getting from him, so maybe. Maybe he's the guy. You know, obviously having young dudes on rookie deals that play well is how you succeed in the NFL these days. I mean, I'm just throwing it out there. I, I just wondering, you know, I love this defense. I want to see them stay together. So it's just interesting moving forward to kind of analyze, you know, what the options might be because they're well, clearly TJ, the strength of this team. Let me ask you this. What is the number 
that Leonard Williams could get re-signed at that makes sense for both parties? And if and if it's a, a possibility, what I what I always think to do now, and I think this is where the NFL is moving anyway, is to offer more guaranteed money than another team might at a lesser rate. Then maybe mm. a guy won't is has his roots somewhere. You know, Leonard Williams has been in New York for the Jets or Giants his whole career. Maybe he has roots in New York. Maybe he doesn't want to leave. So maybe you get him for $16, 17 $18 million a year, but you offer him a, a higher percentage of his contract and a guarantee. Maybe that incentivizes him to stay um, in New York. Yeah, I mean, either way, I think th- I think more guaranteed money in contracts is where the NFL is going anyway. It, it, it's more in tune with, with other sports, especially with the NFL because of the injury rate here. So, I mean, you saw, like, oh, what is it? Kirk Cousins, I think, signed the first fully guaranteed deal for quarterback. I think, you know, you're going to see – Deals like that getting signed more and more as the star players in the NFL like dictate that's how it's going to go because ultimately that star power is what's going to move move the uh, business to where where it should be going to protect the players. Yeah. Well, well put. Well, I guess the next question is 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 if, is he going to be realistic with his value or is he just going to shoot for the moon, which it already seems like he's going. Why would for you it. not? Why would you yeah, not? I, no, and I, I get it, but like, there's got to be an aspect of these players. They got to think like, what is actually realistic? Of course, you're going to have your agent go and comb the entire NFL and see who's dumb enough to give you the most money. I get that, but don't you want to go you want to you're building something don't you want to stay somewhere is it all about money with him or is it all is there a mix i don't know i mean yeah it's, it's, it depends on the guy you know if you look at like a jadavion Clowney, who you know is a very talented dude maybe he's not you know what the people would have thought he was coming out of college but he spent a lot of time waiting for someone to sign him because he was asking for too much and logan ryan was kind of the same way too he waited a long time to get signed until he kind of lowered his price and yeah. then and then you know he got the getty goods came to the giants <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, Leonard Williams is making more than Jadavian Clowney um, right now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, the thing about what he's going to get demand and what he should get paid is going to be so different. Like, he's the 10th highest paid defensive end because he got the defensive end designation as well, which is important because they get paid way more yeah. uh, in the league right now. And the names above him um, sort of all are way better and more important players. Um, if he's going to push for top five that salary, that then he's going to we're going to get close to twenty twenty million dollars um, a year for Leonard Williams. He's which... playing that well though this year. He I really is. think he's I mean... playing that well. Hey, he, wait, what is it? What is it? Six sacks as a defensive tackle? The more importantly, he's getting in the well, backfield a, a lot. He's getting in the backfield a lot. He's hurrying the quarterback. He's hitting the quarterback. I mean, the sack numbers are great, but the disruption factor of really watching the game and seeing him disrupt. Is more important, I think, for a lot of GMs than the numbers at some point. Not to mention the run stopping too, which he's been locked down on too. You know, I mean, it, it, Dan, is he is he four million dollars a year less than Aaron Donald? No, but this is how the market in the NFL dictates for defensive linemen. So exactly, it's I'm tough. just saying I would allocate my resources differently. It's I, the, I, strong, and I, it's I the agree strongest with that. part of our defense. We have so many needs elsewhere. Well, that's why I asked that question um, yeah. about, like, what would be the right number for him and if it was possible for him to ask it, which it's probably not. So let's move on from him. No, I mean, but, like, like so so say you have a lot of needs elsewhere. So say Nate, you get Nate Solder's contract off the books. That leaves you with, you know, what it, I don't know how much he's getting paid. Probably about the same amount as Leonard Williams. You allocate yeah. that cash to another good lineman. Um, you know, maybe maybe you, Xavier McKinney steps in for Logan Ryan, you take that money and get a second corner. I, I don't think it's, like, really out there um, to say, like, 
you couldn't keep both those guys. But it is it is a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Yeah. And, well, Nate Solder's getting paid fifteen and 15, a half mil. Sure. Um, so basically the same. It, but he's not it, playing, it, and it's not good either. Um, so I mean, obviously, I would trade Leonard Williams' contract for Nate Solder because Nate yeah. Solder's a non-factor. Absolutely. Um, but if you're giving me a legitimate offensive lineman instead, that's getting paid the same amount, like I don't know, T- Taylor Lewin or DJ Humphreys or something, uh, or Deion Dawkins, then you know I would take that over Leonard Williams in a, in a heartbeat. Um, so, speaking, this is speaking. I guess this. I feel like we kind of got off, got off track here. We're like no, no, this is this. Is, it's a good conversation, though. I mean, we were already talking about Logan, uh, Logan Ryan. I, he wants to stay. It, I, it's fairly clear in, in what I've read the interviews that he, he he really likes being back home. So I I don't know what his numbers are looking like, but that like it, there's no problem with having a uh, you know spoiled of riches as long as it actually makes sense for everybody to to stick around and and not spend too much money sure i mean and mckinney back- mckinney played a lot of different positions in college he doesn't necessarily have to be a safety he he has a lot of corner experience whether or not that translates to the nfl is, is remains to be seen because we don't know anything about this guy yet so we have to see it before we I can mean, really make a judgment yeah i would i would be pretty upset if they move mckinney to a corner spot um i think you know the value of mckinney is his dynamic you know and morphability and that's why he lends him lends himself so much to you know, the safety position where they can move him up and down and all over the place and sort of be a, like a real wild card on the defense. So, I mean, I, I think we're obviously going to target uh, defensive back help in the draft. I think that's going to be a huge priority, especially if we decide to, um, you know, you know, st- st- stay status quo at the quarterback spot, which I'm, I'm fairly certain we will now with our draft position. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of stuff we can do. Um with this new frame reference and if we can have a different GM that's going to be open to different possibilities I think we can make this team much stronger and, and a real competitor in the NFC East which obviously sucks right now hey let, let's let's really hope that that Graham doesn't go anywhere because I'm already seeing him pop up for possible head coaching jobs for next year and I hate that I want that guy to stick around he is like the smartest guy we've had there since Bagnolo so I mean that's yeah it, it like makes me sad to think about that that could be easily gone after the season but i i will see i guess you know just like if, if we want to go back to just kind of this game and, and what what really is indicative of the whole season is just sort of this defense is awesome and it's really carrying the offense all year so yeah it's that this is kind of why i wanted to, to ask you guys because you know losing sort of some guys with this defense not that, that people can't be replaced with some savvy drafting and good free agent signings and, and whatnot um <clears throat> I just would like to see like the stout defense continue while the offense seems to be coming along as they are. I don't think they're going to reach their potential this year. I like I like what I saw out of Jones when he was playing this game. I thought he probably would have hit 300 yards. Um, and, you know, Slayton really, really dropped the ball, uh, pun intended, on that one deep pass. <laughs> I know it was a little bit overthrown, but he kind of turned turned his head a little too soon. And yeah. Shit, um, so, I mean, you know, Daniel could have gone out of this game with over 300 yards in the touchdown. No turnovers, which I think is the most important thing is the Giants didn't turn the ball over. Is it three weeks in a row now? Is, is, yeah. Am I right? It is. So that is that is where they're going to succeed is having – even if Jones is taking Lauren to develop, if he's going to develop into top-tier quarterback, we don't know. But if a stout defense and, and even, you know, a guy who's a, an average starter, above-average starter with a strong running game, you know, we've seen this this formula succeed, and, and I hope the Giants can, can pull out, you know, some of the wins we were talking about. 
and and make the playoffs. I'll be able to losing record, but still make the playoffs. I think I think uh, the team is going in a positive direction, which I think from day one was all we ever wanted, right? I totally agree. I think you're right, TJ. That this game we sort of saw what they were hoping to get out of the offense um, initially with the players they they acquired and kept, you know, doing what we envisioned them doing, uh, you know, Slayton dropped the ball, but that's exactly the kind of play you want to see them hitting Slayton up on that streak down the sideline. And then there was a you know, great, <laughs> two great Evan Ingram plays, um, you know, sandwiching that uh, fumble he had after that catch in the, across the middle, which is sort of, you know, you know, the highs and lows of Evan Ingram all encapsulated in one, but he is a dynamic playmaker, you know, not much of a, true tight end but when he can make those two big catches down the sideline there's not a lot of tight ends that can do that yeah um and sterling shepherd is just solid as a rock if he stays healthy um that's a night nice in between and golden tate's an aging veteran that should be good to convert some third downs i don't care at all if he's on the team next year hopefully no. he's not he's being yeah. paid way too much um but that's that's what they were envisioning for this team so you know, next year if we're going to the draft, keeping Daniel Jones, I would like to obviously pick up another offensive lineman um, and then get like a real playmaker as a wide receiver. They were talking about in the second or third rounds because wide receivers become such a deep position. I think you can get a real contributor right off the bat um, for a specific type of wide receiver, whether that's a slot receiver or um, a stretch the field outside X receiver. There's a lot of talent coming out. So I think I think we're in better a way better position than I, than I would have thought um you know, three or four weeks ago. One thing that jumped out for me, and it actually reminded me after TJ, you, you texted us, uh, I guess during it or, or after rather, after I, I finally got around to watching it, um, that you, it was, it was a very negative reaction by you. You said, uh, I don't know, in, in terms of it being convincing or not, it was not at all. And it was, it was garbage, but the, what, what struck me is uh, not that we had many. Ex- I didn't say the word garbage. First of all, no, you did. All right, I, I I put that <laughs> in your mouth, but it was it was it was in that that wavelength. But what I was thinking is we didn't have much of experience of having backup quarterbacks, obviously because Eli was Mister Iron Man for so long. But I don't think teams of the past would have figured out a way to win this game. And this time it felt different because I feel like uh, even going back, you know, six, seven years, your starting quarterback goes out, you're folding and you're losing and you're terrible and it's not going to look good, especially you're going to play down to the competition and you're going to figure out a way to lose. The difference is this time is they figured out a way to win. And that's just something I feel like is one of those intangibles we haven't seen in a long time. And it's kind of... I don't know. That excited me. Yeah, I um, think you might be jumping the gun a little bit, though. We were no, 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 no. I'm, I, no, I'm, and, and, no, no, no. But I know, and I knew you were going to say that, but it doesn't matter because in the past, with these bad teams, we would have figured out a way to lose to these bad, talented teams. Came pretty close. Yes, but we didn't. <laughs> no, I know. It doesn't matter. A win's a win. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, no, we'll take the win. I mean, the worst thing to come out of it is that Jones got hurt. Um, you know, hopefully he'll be back next game or Giants are playing the Seahawks. Seven and so we three. know it's a hamstring injury. Ham- hamstring injury. Yeah. It's nothing major. He got an MRI. Um, but, yeah, I mean, moving forward, we have the Seahawks next week. Giants are pretty big underdogs in this game at, at seven and a half points. Seahawks are kind of a funny team. They have one of the best offenses in the league and the absolute worst defense in the league. Um, but also they have one of the best re- run defenses in the league at the same time. 
is having the absolute worst pass pass offense uh, and or, I'm sorry, pass defense in the NFL. So this is a kind of an interesting game to go into with Colt McCoy and if, if Jones doesn't play because your passing game is really going to give you that maybe an edge. Not that I'm going to say that the Giants were going to have an edge in this game because I've, I've had the chance to see the Seahawks play a lot this year because they've had a lot of games in prime time. If you can't run the ball against them, we've seen how the Giants were earlier this year when they couldn't run the ball. Um, and the Seahawks are a lot better than like those numbers would indicate to me. And, and honestly, if there's any any game Jones is going to play, I'm happy it's this one because this is the one game on the remaining schedule I didn't think the Giants had a chance of winning. What do you think about that, Con? Well, I was actually thinking about it before when I was just kind of looking ahead to the rest of the season. Um, we were never looked at as being a possibility of winning this game anyway. So if we don't win this game, uh, not really any skin off my back. If we figure out a way to win it, that's going to be big. And that goes into what I'm talking about with finding a way to win. If they figure out a way, if the running game works, if, they, if you know, Garrett has a week to figure out what Colt McCoy can do. Uh, and we saw a little bit of it. I don't want to see him running ever, ever again. I mean, he, he did it and he did it. It was all right, but it was just like, oh God, is he going to get, you know, crushed in half? I was, I was scared for him for a second. But if they do, if they switch up the offense just a slight bit from what is on film, they can confuse this not so great Seattle defense, and maybe surprise them a little bit. I don't know. And and as long as our defense locks it down, at least running game wise, that you know, if you take one half of it away, then you. You know, pray for the other half because you know Russell Wilson's going to be thrown all over the place. That's inevitable. Yeah, he's amazing. He's so good. That's that's. I yeah. mean, that's the whole. That's the problem. They can have the worst. They have the worst defense in the league, and they're still a Super Bowl contender. You know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. This game will be um, a real test for our, our defense. We'll really see if they are um, as good as we think they could be. You know, um, potentially a, a top ten and elite defense. Um, this is as good a test as any. Um, I, I agree with TJ. I don't think they have a chance to win this, even if Daniel Jones is healthy. Um, but I think we got to maintain, you know, our, our, our eyes on six and ten, baby. Right. So we need two wins out of the remaining uh, five games, and we got Dallas. We're, I think we're, we're chalking that one up already. And, wow. Uh, <laughs> and then something for out of Arizona, Cleveland, Seattle, or Baltimore. Um, I, I, I don't. I, I, I sort of like TJ's thought process. You know, if Dylan Jones isn't feeling good, you know, there couldn't be a better game for him to miss one like this. Yeah. Or we'll probably get blown out anyway. Um, but it'll be a real test. I, I'd love, I can't wait to see our DBs match up against uh, Lockett and Metcalf. Um, see if they can, you know, the defensive line, I, I think they'll do a good job containing their rushing attack. Um, but Russell Wilson's a wizard. He is elusive. He'll really test or contain and, um, our ability to to you know control running back that that can uh, improvise has always been difficult. Um, so for me, I, I'm hoping a competitive game, maybe keep it close for a while, um, and just hang in there and, and show some real grit, and then I'll, I'll be happy with that. And maybe we can we can keep some momentum rolling into Arizona, who's been not the same team with Kyler Murray uh, hobbled a bit and, and not not himself. Um, I think that could be a, a game we could st- sneak out and win. Cleveland's a little scary. I think their defense is really good and might eat us up. Um, but I still think 6-10 and 10 is, in the playoffs is, is what we're going to do when we face t- 
Tom Brady and the Buccaneers in the first round in a big, oh, big upset. Oh, my God. My, I my haven't even dream. thought about that, really. And you know I what? Mean. You know what's going to be a fun matchup in that Cardinals game is Bradbury against Hopkins. I, I'm, gonna, I'm looking, really looking forward to that matchup. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, for sure. But uh, so before we go, uh, as his as tradition, Colin, what's the score of the Seahawks-Giants game? Uh, uh, <sighs> I this love is like the, the mo- spot because it's well, so hard for you. Well, because I, 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 you know, I'm trying to. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say twenty-one t- twenty Seahawks. Twenty-one twenty. Whoa! Seahawks okay. are playing at home, and they have they are five and zero at home, but have law have have won every game by less than six points. So that's a fair. Uh, score, I think. Yeah, yeah. It, it, we're gonna be in it, but it's gonna absolutely piss me off at the end. That's how it's gonna go. Dan, uh, I'm gonna say twenty-eight thirteen Seahawks. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go twenty-four seventeen Seahawks. Fair enough. All right. Now you I have. Mean, oh, what? 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 I'm just saying, like you know, Colt Colt McCoy might surprise us all. You know, make us eat our words. It seems like something Colt would do, but um, I mean, I go. hope I'm wrong. I hope we're all wrong. But you know, hey, we're always we, trying to take a realistic standpoint on this pod. So we we've seen some good games from Colt in the past with some prior teams. I mean, he, he's had some some Washington football team performances that were fairly decent. So maybe get some magic yeah. back. I and, don't know. and you know, if, if he doesn't win, at least his head really fills up that helmet well because he's got a big freaking head on that guy, doesn't he? <laughs> big wide face, or or a really small <laughs> helmet. I'm gonna go with a big face because that uh, seems more funny than a small helmet. Maybe it's both. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, thanks. <laughs> thanks for joining us tonight, guys, on the Big Blue United podcast. Please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It's been fun as always, and we'll see you next time. One, four, three. Peace.